Welcome to the Dean's List. I'm Dean Bowen. You are listening to America Out Loud Talk Radio. I'm feeling a little better today. Uh, we ended last week, and it uh, it wasn't uh, it wasn't going the best. But but you know my regimen, Cofix RX, that um, that throat and nasal spray. If you go to AmericaOutloud.shop, by the way, and use coupon code OUTLOUD25. You will get 25% off when you purchase the throat and the nasal spray. And I, I, I hope you're making it part of your, your regimen, part of your health regimen. Uh, I'm telling you, friends, it has, it has bailed me out and it continues to bail me out. All right, let's dive into it. We've got some, uh, we got a, we got a pile of stuff we have to get into today. First on the list is Michigan coach Jim Harbaugh. He made an appearance at the, uh, the, the 51st annual March for Life last week, which, you know, by the way, every year the March for Life is a smashing success. Um, you know, tens of thousands of people show up in Washington, D.C. for this event. Uh, you know, people who believe in life. They believe in the sanctity of life. And Jim Harbaugh is among them. And I love that Jim Harbaugh, uh, University of Michigan head football coach, you know, just won the national championship, and uh, he's not afraid to to speak his values. He just he's he's not going to cower uh, to to anybody in. Um, well, I was going to say to anyone his in his profession, but 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 really anyone on the left who might want to you know silence him or convince him, you know, you shouldn't really be talking about this stuff. They're big Jim. And and he doesn't he 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 doesn't cower to that. He appeared on stage to introduce one of the rally's speakers, former NFL tight end Benjamin Watson. But before he introduced Watson, the Michigan coach gave the crowd some encouragement. "Quote: Thank you all for being here," he said. "It's a great example that you're setting. It's a testimony to the sanctity of life." And then, of course, he said, "It's a great day for a march." Um, you know, because the snow, you know, was falling and it was, you know, below freezing temperatures. And then he said, this is football weather. Let's go. Uh-huh, it's football weather. Let's get out there and have a march. Yeah, this is right up um, Harbaugh's rally uh, or alley at the rally. The uh, uh, the march was expected to attract between 15 and 100,000, probably closer to the to the 100,000 the uh, side of things. The Daily Caller uh, caught up with the coach and asked him what the pro-life cause meant to him. And Harbaugh said, you know, we talk about human rights. There's really no rights that are important unless you have the right to life. Uh-huh. I, I mean, none of the other rights matter. Uh, you know, it's the first. It's the first right listed in the Declaration. It's the first unalienable right: life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Uh, and if you don't have it, if you don't have the right to life, you know what do you have? And then, of course, he said, "This is a great day for a march. It's a great day for the sanctity of life and football weather. Let's make it a great day." Uh, Harbaugh has been unabashed in stating his belief on the sanctity of life inside the womb. In 2022, he he made some some headlines uh, with 
uh, with this remark that he said if one of his players or staff members were involved in an unplanned pregnancy and felt they or the mother couldn't care for the child, then he and his wife would, would step in. Yeah, yeah. Here's what he said. I've told them the same thing I tell my kids, boys, the girls, same thing I tell our players, our staff members. I encourage them, if they have a pregnancy that wasn't planned, to go through with it. Go through with it, he said. Let that unborn child be born. And if at that time you don't feel like you can care for it, you don't have the means or the wherewithal, then Sarah and I will take that baby. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, to let the pregnancy happen. Uh, and and he's not uh, afraid to to just, you know, stand up and, and speak his values. And, and I say that here all the time that, uh, you know, you might not have a, a platform like Coach Harbaugh, but it doesn't matter. Uh, speak your values. Speak about your values to your to your children, to your to your family, to your your parents, your siblings, your friends, your cousins. Talk about your values. Let you know it should be known where we stand on things. And I think you can go about it and not. You know, you don't have to get in people's you know faces with it. Uh, you know, you don't have to shove it down their throats. Um, you know, did, did you see this? Uh, you probably did. You probably either saw it or heard about it. It's been all over social media. C.J. Stroud is the quarterback for the Houston Texans. It's his rookie season. Texans have made the playoffs. And he's really had a spectacular year. And I know he's an Ohio State kid. You know, we're going to cut him some slack on that. <laughs> but he... Uh, He's he's one of these kids who's not afraid to um, to to speak about his values after uh, you know after games when when a, a news reporter will come up and interview him he always he always starts the interview even though they'll ask him a question he'll 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 answer it but before he answers the question he always says I, I want to give thanks. Uh, to my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, he he's always giving credit to Christ. Uh, you know, he's just this is who he is. This is who the kid is. And did you see what NBC News did to him? Or not not news, but NBC Sports, the whole hierarchy at NBC. This is um, I've got two clips for you. Uh, the the first clip is uh, that the audio you can it kind of sounds like maybe you're you're it's coming it's being recorded off of the the TV, but um, the uh, reporterette says your first NFL season and a record setting performance for you. What does this moment mean? And listen to Stroud's complete answer. First foremost, I just want to give all glory and praise my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I mean, it's been amazing. Okay, so just like he always does, he says, first of all, I just want to give all glory and praise to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And then he says, I, I mean, it's it's been amazing. And, and then he goes on to, to answer her question. Uh, I watched the, the, this interview live. And, you know, when I'm watching it live, you know, my first thought is, yep, love that. Love that. C.J. Stroud is, you know, he's he is. Um, he's not afraid to, uh, to 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 share in this moment of 
of adulation, this moment of success, uh, he's not afraid to deflect the glory from him and, you know, to he feels should receive the glory. And he feels like um, Jesus Christ should get all the glory, that he's not in that position if if he doesn't have a relationship with with, with Christ. Uh, and, and he's going to... Um, He's going to share in that glory with with who he feels the glory belongs. But uh, NBC News didn't like that, or, or or NBC. Period. This the the I guess it's not necessarily news. It's it's the sporting sides of the, the side of things. But but NBC's not happy about this. NBC's not happy about the fact that C.J. Stroud has to share his faith with the world. Who does he think he is? where he thinks he can just, you know, give glory and praise to his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, you know, we're not talking about Jesus Christ here in this interview. We're talking about him. And we want him to accept all the glory and praise. So uh, when NBC uh, replays this interview on social media, listen to, uh, you know, listen to what they take out. Your first NFL season and a record-setting performance for you. What does this moment mean? I mean, it's been amazing being in this city for as short as I've been. And this was the version of the clip that NBC is sharing on all of their social media platforms. We're just going to take out that part where, you know, he gives all the glory and praise to his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's That's got to go. We can't have that. You know, we we can't have anybody talking about their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, can we? Uh, you know, by NBC doing this, uh, all they're doing is is shining a, a bigger light on it. I mean, just if you just let it go, NBC, and you don't edit that part out, and you just let it happen. You know, you're. It's it's not going to be that big of a deal. But what you have done and in your incompetence is you've turned it into uh, a much bigger deal than otherwise what it would have been. Uh, you know, I don't. They just don't get this. You know, we can give them advice on on how to handle things all day long, but they're they're clueless, and they're going to continue to be clueless. Uh, you, you know. The lesson here is this, kids, friends, here's the lesson. Share your values. And if you feel like you're, you know, uh, the, the the world or the public it wants to give you glory for something, but you want to, you know, turn around and give that glory to Jesus Christ, don't, don't be uh, afraid to do that. Don't be ashamed to do it. Don't be afraid to do it. Just go ahead and do it. Um, you, you know. And just don't, this lesson to me is, um, I mean, it's it's one of the best lessons that I think we're going to get right here is, is not being afraid. You know, take, take the Michigan coach, you know, Harbaugh coached at Michigan, still does, you know, until otherwise, you know, I know he's being courted right now by NFL teams, but he's still a Michigan man at the moment, played for Michigan. You've got this quarterback, Stroud, who came out of Ohio State. You've got these two, you know, rivalry schools, uh, uh, you know, but but these two men here 
they're not afraid to share their values. And, you know, this is this is what we've got to take and, and what we've got to run with here. Uh, let's not be afraid of this. We, we will take things back once we are no longer afraid to talk about the things that, that matter to us. That's when we're going to start taking the country back. It's, you know, it, and I think we are. I really do. I believe that we are taking the country back. I believe that um, that there are signs of it every single day. Now, I've got a stack of stuff here that uh, on the uh, onset looks looks bad. It looks like it's it's bad news, but um, you know, there's some good news coming out of it as well. Before I get into that, though, let's have a little bit of fun. Did you see this? Did you see uh, Jill Biden uh, made a, a campaign stop uh, to uh, she went to Utah last week? And while there, you know, her team thought it would be fantastic if she visited a high school. I mean, there's a photo op right there, right? I mean, let's let's go to a high school. Let's get around the kids and the teachers and let's just turn this into a into a fantastic campaign stump. Um. But you know what they what they did not uh, put together completely was uh, which high school they were going to go to, and so they decided uh, they would go to Hunter High School. I mean, not a big deal, Hunter High School, right? Except uh, First Lady Jill Biden spoke to teachers and students uh, at Hunter High School, but uh, the visit came with some unfortunate optics that apparently. No one who organized the event considered uh, beforehand. And so standing behind her is this great big banner that says Hunter High. I mean, just, I mean, the irony of this, it's so rich. And the, the sign on her, on her podium, it just says Hunter High. Oh, man, given that the First Lady's eldest stepchild, Hunter Biden, has become synonymous to millions of Americans with drug use, an image of her speaking behind a podium with the words Hunter High went viral on X. And it's gone viral on Instagram. It's gone viral on on Facebook. You know, any any social media platform you can put together. Truth Social, uh, there she is. And, you know, behind her in great big letters, Hunter High. Uh, and then the podium. Of course, you know, this article that I'm looking at says Biden, who is a community college teacher, did not mention the irony during her remarks at the school. Of course, she's not going to mention the irony. I mean, she wants to avoid the irony as much as possible. But, you know, she's she didn't know. She she doesn't know what's on the, the the podium in front of her. She wasn't paying attention to the sign behind her. So while she is giving this speech, she is clueless about the irony. Uh, and I wonder who's who who who's going to be fired because of this. Who is in charge of uh, you know of her staff and of them going to Hunter High School, and then uh, having Hunter High literally all over the place. Uh, and and did you see? You know, Hunter was at. Um, he he made a special guest appearance to the to the Capitol uh, a few days back, 
you know, they're they're calling him in on these subpoenas, and he's. I guess he has now said that yeah, I'll show up. But um, he was um, stalling. He did not want to come into to closed door sessions. But he showed up, you know, for one of these hearings, and he sat in the back. And when Marjorie Taylor Greene, it was her turn to speak. Well, he got up and left. Well, when he's in the hall, he's met by this, you know, a gaggle of of reporters and one man. I don't have the clip here, but but one man uh, says, um, Mr. Biden, are you on crack right now? <laughs> Mr. Biden, what kind of crack do you use? And then uh, the video shows the guy asking these questions, and it's just hilarious. Just the look on his face. <laughs> oh, man, it's just so good, so rich. Hunter High. So she shows up uh, to Hunter High. Oh, I just thought, you know what, let's just have a little bit of fun here. You know, let's uh let's just make it lighthearted and you know, we gotta talk about Hunter High. All right. So uh when we uh come back on the other side of this break, we're gonna get into some things that are concerning, some things that are happening in public schools that are that are concerning. Uh, but uh, we're also gonna get into this uh report from the Brookings Institute which uh, really details um, a, a massive drop in enrollment. Uh, you know, this is this is why, uh, you know, the things that are concerning, parents are waking up, our eyes are open to it, and they're pulling their kids out of public school. And it's really the best thing that, that, that they could do for them. All right, we're going to pick this up on the other side of the break. You're listening to The Dean's List on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of the toxic spike protein. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed their spike support formula to counteract harmful spike protein from COVID-19 and vaccines so you can feel your best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. I'm so confused. I don't know what to do. I'm afraid of going to the hospital. My doctor tells me nutrition doesn't work. Trust is earned. We are the Energetic Health Institute, and we want to earn your trust. Natural medicine, holistic nutrition, detoxification, fasting, cellular healing, and so much more. Remember, the best way to be free is to be healthy. So stop being a patient and start being a student at energetichealthinstitute.org. Welcome back to the Dean's List. I'm Dean Bowen. You are listening to America Out Loud Talk Radio. You can find us here Monday through Friday at the 2 p.m. Eastern time slot. And we are happy to have you on board. All right, let's dive into it. I am, if you live in Illinois, then uh, you're going to you're gonna want to pay extra attention to this. And you're going to, you know, you're going to be concerned about it. Uh, this article says that the headline is Illinois mandates mental health screenings for 2 million students. Now, uh, on the onset, this sounds like, hey, I mean, this is a good thing, right? I mean, we should we should man- mandate mental health screenings for our kids. Uh, yeah, yeah, but who, but who's doing it? Who who who's doing the mental health screening? And uh, what conclusions are they going to come to? 
That's what's concerning to me. Uh, the Wellness Checks in Schools Program Act will go into effect in the state of Illinois next fall. Illinois House Bill 4343 says uh, that it creates the Wellness Checks in Schools Program Act provides that subject to appropriation. The Department of Health Care and Family Services shall establish the Wellness Checks in Schools Collaborative for School Districts that wish to implement wellness checks to identify students in grades 7 through 12 who are at risk of mental health conditions, including depression or other mental health issues. So uh, maybe, maybe it's not mandating then. It sounds to me like the uh, the act leaves it open for school districts who wish to implement this. Um, the Center Square reports that Mark Klausner, who's the executive director of West 40 in West Cook County, said schools will have to find a screening model and train people to administer the screenings. The Illinois State Board of Education is currently working through the challenge of exactly how to get a mental health screening process up and running. So, see, this is this is what is is concerning. Uh, you know, schools are going to have to find a screening model, and then they're going to have to train people to administer these screenings, and they've got to do this by next fall. Um, and, you know, the, the Illinois State Board of Education is currently working through the challenge of exactly how to get a mental health screening process up and running. Uh, uh, I, I just, this just doesn't feel good to me. Um, ideally, a screening session would be a 15-minute one-on-one conversation between a trained social worker or counselor and a student. Uh, anxiety and depression are triggers for behavioral problems. Screeners may find a child who is concerned about coming to school. The child may think that other students are looking at him or talking about him, indicating a higher than normal level of anxiety. Okay, all that's true. But what else is the screener going to find? Is the screener going to find that this you know, child should probably be the opposite gender? I mean, that's the question we're all thinking of, right? So I'm just going to throw it out there. This is the state of Illinois where Pritzker is the governor. I mean, this man would love it if if every boy became a girl and every girl became a boy. Um, you know, so on the surface, this law sounds like, hey, this is great. But it's not great. Um, you, you know, what what's going to... Who's going to see the results of these screenings? Are they going to go to parents? Or is Illinois going to treat this the way Colorado does and the screenings go go to the schools? And then the schools, you know, don't have to necessarily include the results with the parents. And then the schools can can put the kids in counseling with, with whoever they deem appropriate. Uh, without the parents having any type of say or you know control whatsoever, this this kind of stuff is troubling uh, to, to me. Um, and uh, you know, it sounds like it's you know school districts that wish to implement the wellness check, so it's not necessarily being 
mandated that schools do this. Um, you know, but is it going to lead to that eventually? You know, schools, you know, right now are, are you know, they can opt in or opt out. Are we going to get to the point where here in Illinois where the schools are forced to do this? I just, uh, this this is troubling to me. And if you're a parent in Illinois, then, um, uh, you know, I would I would find out, is my public school in the fall, are they planning to engage in these wellness checks? And I would find out if there's a way to opt out. Or I, I'm not going to tell you what to do, but this um, coming out of the uh, out of the state of Illinois, this has liberalism written all over it, and I wouldn't trust it. I'm just uh, that's that's me. I just I wouldn't trust that coming out of Illinois. Uh, I'm I'm holding another article here entitled "Appeals Court Upholds Ban on Texas Law." shielding kids from books with sexual content. All right. So this is this has really been a big deal lately in the courts um where these these laws that have been enacted by really by by red state legislatures and then you know you know lawsuits have have come from it. So there's this uh law that was enacted here in Texas. Um Jared Patterson is the Republican from Frisco, and he is the author of this legislation. It's entitled um, Restricting Explicit and Adult Designated Educational Resources Act, and the acronym is READER. Um, you know, so this this passed uh, the the you know, Texas legislature, uh, Governor Greg Abbott uh, signed it into law in June. Um, the measure, which was initially set to go into effect on September 1st in 2023, requires public school library vendors to review and flag books containing sexually explicit or sexually relevant content or material. Um, I mean, that that seems okay, right? You know, so the, the vendors that, you know, are supplying these books to school libraries, I mean, just let's have a rating system. You know, let's know what, what, what books are sexually explicit or, you know, quote, sexually relevant. All right. I mean, that's that seems like an okay thing. Books that do not contain such inappropriate content would be labeled with a no rating, according to the law. All right, so they're, okay, no rating. Books containing sexually relevant content may not be checked out of school libraries without children first gaining written parental consent, the measure states. Okay, do you, do you see anything wrong with this so far? Anybody, anybody missing this? According to the measure, the list of library materials rated as sexually explicit material or sexually relevant material sold by the vendor to a school district should also be provided on an annual basis to the Texas Education Agency, which oversees public schools. Well, okay. I mean, that seems that, that, that seems all good. All right. So this is the law. However, oh, there was a lawsuit. 
And the lawsuit was brought by um, a bunch of booksellers, two Texas bookstores, uh, the National Trade Association representing booksellers, uh, the American Booksellers Association, Association of American Publishers, Authors Guild, uh, Comic Book Legal Defense. So these guys um, filed this lawsuit, and they're claiming that this is an infringement on their First Amendment rights. Huh. Now, why in the world would it be an infringement on a bookseller's First Amendment right? When this Texas law just, you know, it, it, all it's asking for is, is is a rating system. How is this affecting your freedom of speech? All right. So this appellate court, you know, here in Texas, they've said, yep, yeah, this, this is no good. This is going to be, um, here's what the three-judge panel, the U.S. Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals said, and it was uh, a unanimous ruling uh, that the plaintiffs who filed a lawsuit against the measure would likely succeed on their claims that it violates their First Amendment right to free speech. Hmm, okay. Uh, Circuit Judge Don Willett. Here's, here, here, here's his comment. In short, the act requires school book vendors who want to do business with Texas public schools to issue sexual content ratings for all library materials they have ever sold or will sell, flagging any materials deemed to be sexually explicit or sexually relevant based on the material's depictions of or reference to sex. Well, yeah, that, that's that's what the law is, Judge. So how is that in violation of the First Amendment right of these booksellers. Well, I'm glad you asked. The court further noted that the ratings to be provided for the books are the vendor's speech, not the government's, and that the law mandating the ratings would compel the plaintiffs to, quote, submit ratings with which they disagree and constrain them from continuing to do business with school districts if they fail to submit the required ratings or decline to acquiesce in the state's revised ratings, violating their freedom of speech. Uh, what? 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 So the court here is saying that uh, because the, the, the vendors have to supply their own rating. But if the vendors disagree with the rating that they're being forced to um, to rate, then that's in violation of their um, freedom of speech. The uh, the vendors, the court further noted that the ratings to be provided for the books are the vendor's speech, not the government's. And the law mandating the ratings would compel the plaintiffs to submit ratings with which they disagree. Therefore, it's in violation of their First Amendment. Uh, so they're saying it's um, compelled speech. We're compelling you uh, to 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 say something that normally you wouldn't say. Well, um, so it's a rating system, and you know what we're asking you is to just tell us which books are sexually relevant or sexually explicit. I mean, that's all. 
That's what we're asking. We want to know what these books are. And then if the kids are going to check these books out, they have to have written permission from their parent. Um, if it's sexually explicit, then it's sexually explicit, judge. Uh, you know, I don't care if the vendor disagrees with the sexually explicitness of it or not. If it's sexually explicit, it is. Yeah, uh, You know, but so, you know, we could use this logic for just about anything, really. Uh, I mean, I shouldn't have to pay my taxes because, you know, I disagree with the fact that that it's I, I have to, you know, record these the these these numbers. I have to, you know, you know, submit my income. I mean, this is compelled speech. I disagree with this. This is, com you know, it's compelled speech. Why, why should I have to do this? I shouldn't have to do it. Uh, this this type of logic uh, is, I mean, it's upside down. Um, and I, you know, I disagree with with obviously with the court of appeals here. I don't think that the plaintiffs will. Um, let's see. In the words of the court of appeals, they said the plaintiffs filed a lawsuit against the measure would likely succeed on their claims that it violates their First Amendment rights. I disagree. I don't think they will succeed on their claims that it violates their First Amendment right. Well, who, who are you, Dean? You're not on the Court of Appeals. It's true. That is a true statement. I am not on the Court of Appeals, and nor do I have a law degree. However, uh, just in my, uh, you know, in my simple way of thinking, this doesn't make any sense to me. The state's position is that the law does not implicate plaintiffs' First Amendment rights at all. But we are unpersuaded, the court wrote, adding that the plaintiffs have also shown that they will suffer irreparable economic injury if the law goes into effect. How are they going to suffer irreparable economic injury? I mean, we're not banning the books. The books are allowed. They're allowed to, to, to come into the library. We just want to know which books are sexually explicit because parents need to sign off on that. There's got to be some permission for the kids to check these books out. Um, how is this going to suffer irreparable economic injury to the booksellers? The books are still in the library. See, it's this it's this type of backwards logic that um, it just oh, it's frustrating. Uh, the state's position is accurate. The law does not implicate plaintiff's First Amendment rights at all. No, they can still say what they want to say. They just have to tell us what books are sexually explicit. And any reasonable individual is going to, to realize that that's the case. Reasonable individual. Uh, plaintiffs in the lawsuit issued a joint statement following the ruling, calling it a good day for bookstores, readers, and free expression. Uh, Mr. Patterson, who is the uh, representative that sponsored the bill, called the ruling disappointing in a statement to the Dallas Morning News and said the appeals court, quote, removes accountability for book vendors who have an obligation to be aware of the content they are distributing, especially if that content is sexually explicit material into the hands of school children. And uh, Mr. Patterson, you nailed it. You're spot on. And these three judges on this panel 
Um, uh, yeah, there. I mean, be be nice. I am being nice. Uh, they're clueless. <laughs> they're just. Uh, but this is what we're dealing with here. Now, um, uh, you know, so we we've got several of these cases going on throughout the country, and then you've got Illinois. Uh, that says, you know, we're going to start mandating um, or, or instituting, at least in schools that that want to implement it, these wellness checks, these mental health wellness checks for grades 7 through 12. This is the kind of stuff that is concerning parents when it comes to public schools. And, and, they're, uh, and they're looking for options. And we're going to pick up this article that comes out of the Brookings Institute next that uh, details the, the flight from public schools. All right, we'll get it on the other side of this break. You're listening to The Dean's List on America Out Loud Talk Radio. When God, through his grace and mercy, gave us free will, the will of the people was to live freely. To that end, we fight for the liberty of all at a time when global tyranny threatens us as never before in mankind's history. This vision is manifest at AmericaOutloud.news, a site for all who cherish free will and freedom. Now is our time, my fellow Americans. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. Cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death and disability. Lifestyle changes are critical, but you can also support your heart with concentrated nutrients. Healthy Cell created heart and vascular health to support cholesterol and blood pressure with CoQ10, vitamin K2, resveratrol, and soluble fiber. And Healthy Cell's not a pill. It's a patent-pending gel you swallow. Get heart healthy. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. HealthyCell.com, code OUTLOUD for 25% off. This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced? These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system becomes less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening, and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to AmericaOutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD. The Natural Colon Cleanse. It's the ultimate digestive tune-up with Oxy Powder. It's crafted to alleviate the discomfort of gas, bloating, and occasional constipation. There's a reason why Oxy Powder is our number one seller. It worked. Go to AmericaOutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. Welcome back to the Dean's List. I'm Dean Bone. You are listening to America Out Loud Talk Radio. Before I get into this article on the uh, Brookings Institute, this other story uh, 
I noticed just uh, just came across my desk, and it uh, we we've talked about this story, uh, you know, quite a bit a few weeks ago. This uh, Escondido Union School District in San Diego County. These two teachers, uh, Lori Ann West and Elizabeth Mirabelli, uh, they refused to follow uh, school district policy, and they were let go. Uh, they objected to the school district's policies regarding transgender students. This is a K-8, mind you, a K-8. The policies compelled teachers to assist in a student's transgender social transition by accepting a child's assertion of a transgender identity and using any pronouns or a gender-specific name requested by a student during school hours. At the same time, however, the policies also required teachers to revert to biological pronouns and legal names when speaking with the parents to cover up information about a child's purported gender identity. They're going to hide it from the parents. And this is in line with a statewide directive issued by the California Department of Education. Some school districts in California have reportedly flouted the guidance and adopted policies requiring schools to notify parents of students' gender identity. And we've talked about these districts at length. Um, the teachers here in this case, uh, West and Mirabelli, they objected on moral and religious grounds to the policies and said they were uncomfortable at the prospect of keeping secrets from parents about their children's gender identities at school. They asked the district to exempt them from the policies, but they were denied. Of course they were. This is California. California doesn't believe in, uh, you know, moral or religious grounds. The teachers who filed suit received a partial accommodation from the school district that allowed them to use the children's last name instead of their preferred pronouns. But the district refused to change its parental exclusion policies which it justified by saying they protect the privacy of the minor children. They're protecting the privacy of the minor children from the parents. Oh, California hates parents. They absolutely hate them. The, the leadership and, and, the, and the government at the state of California hates per parents. They hate the family unit. Mm. Uh, the school district requires all elementary and middle school teachers to, quote, unhesitatingly accept a child's assertion of a transgender or gender diverse identity and to begin to treat the student immediately according to their asserted gender identity. Uh, this is according to the complaint. Uh, yeah, you know, don't even hesitate. You just, you know, Johnny says he's Janie. You can't even hesitate. You just got to go there. Um, there is absolutely no room for discussion, polite disagreement, or even questioning whether the child is sincere or acting on a whim. Once a child's social transitioning has begun, the elementary and middle school teachers must ensure that parents do not find out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna keep this from the parents. They can't know. They can't know that we're in the process of destroying their kids. 
The school district's policies state that revealing a student's transgender status to individuals who do not have a legitimate need for the information without the student's consent is prohibited, and parents or caretakers are, uh, according to the district, individuals who do not have a legitimate need for the information. Wow. Uh, isn't that, uh, doesn't that make you angry? That 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 this school district takes it upon themselves to determine that the parents of the child do not have a legitimate need uh, to to know what's going on in that school district, in that school building, in that classroom, as it pertains to their child. Oh, they don't have a need. They don't need to know. We're the only ones that need to know. I mean, that's all. So these two teachers here were dismissed. Uh, but a federal judge uh, just this past week ordered the California school district to reinstate them. Uh, they were actually, the judge ordered that they should be reinstated anyway, and the school district just thumbed their nose at the judge. Uh, attorneys asked the court in December to hold school district officials in contempt of court for defying a September injunction, allowing the teachers to return to the classroom. Despite that uh, judicial order, school authorities kept the teachers on administrative leave. Um, when the case was first filed, there was retaliation and harassment directed uh, at Marabelli and West, their attorney said. They had learned about this policy that was being enforced that would require them to hide material information about their students from parents and lie to the parents. These teachers just wanted to continue their jobs without having to comply with an, an illegal and unconstitutional policy. Oh, but the school district, they don't care about that. No, they don't. No, and they, and they don't want these two ladies back in the building. Um, I, I mean, number one, they're, they're Christians, and so we know that's a mark against them. I wonder if they uh, give glory and praise to Jesus Christ publicly. I, I wonder if that, you know, and if if those comments are uh, redacted from the record. Uh, so the district placed the teachers uh, on an involuntary administrative leave. The investigation was to be over in 30 days, but it ended up taking five months. Then the district claimed that a new complaint had been made against the teachers, and they would be placed on leave again. Uh, the nature and timing of the new complaint was highly suspect, the attorney said. Yet even in the face of a federal court order, the district decided to take additional adverse employment action against our clients in direct violation of the terms of the order, leaving them on administrative leave for another three months. Fortunately, the court addressed this issue by ordering the district to immediately reinstate our clients. And this, I think this came out last week. Uh, so, you know, this is where we're at. This is the state of, a, of affairs in, in, in public schools. And so now we have this, um, this article here that comes out. The headline is thousands of schools at risk of closing due to massive drop in enrollment. Hmm, I wonder why. I wonder why there's a massive drop in enrollment. I mean, do you think it has anything to do with the fact that 
you know, school districts, at least in California, uh, make it a policy that uh, they're going to lie to parents about the fact that they're transitioning any kid that they can get their hands on. Or that, you know, maybe they're instituting, uh, you know, mental health checks and then they're going to de determine, you know, what the mental health of the child is. And then, you know, they're probably going to suggest that the child's the wrong gender. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, uh, they're they're okay with having sexually explicit material in the library. I mean, that's fine. So here we're looking at thousands of schools at risk of closing. Uh, the pandemic, this is the article, the pandemic was one of the worst things to happen to public education in years. But yet it was one of the best because it opened our eyes. You know, we, we got to see what was happening. Uh, the teachers' unions and Democrats made it even worse by repeatedly postponing the reopening of schools. Many parents were also horrified to discover the woke content that is being taught. Yeah, uh-huh. And so, therefore, we say hmm, the, pan the pandemic might have been one of the best things ever. You know, the pandemic just started to open our eyes a little bit to what's happening. Now, granted, not everybody's eyes are open. Um. You know, but but people's eyes are opening more and more and more slowly, but surely it's happening. Back to the article across the country, people found alternatives in homeschooling, private schools and charter schools. A new report shows that thousands of school districts risk closure due to massive enrollment loss. The warning stems from an analysis of national enrollment data by the Brookings Institute. Their analysis came after Brookings researchers found a decline in elementary and middle school enrollment, a one-fifth loss of their enrollment, one-fifth. So, you know, one in every five uh, children are, are being yanked. Okay. I mean, that's a good start. That is a really good start. But mm, is it enough? I, I don't, uh, yeah, I, I don't know that it is, um, it, you know. Okay. Enrollment declines are everywhere. Brookings Institute fellow Sophocles Goulas said, Ooh, so I hope I'm pronouncing your name right, Mr. Goulas. The report noted Jackson Public Schools voted to close 11 schools and merge two of them. Some of these schools saw a loss of 30% or more of their students since 2018. Uh, I don't know where Jackson Public Schools are. Uh, the article does not give us a location. I wish it did because I, I want to know what state Jackson Public Schools are in. Uh, 30% is a huge number. I mean, it's massive, uh, you know, to almost lose a third of your population Yeah, since 2018. Plenty of school, back to the article. Plenty of school districts saw decreases similar to that of Jackson Public Schools, the report states. And that number more than doubled between 2019 and 2021. So it sounds like this, this was already beginning to happen before the pandemic got here. But when the pandemic shows up and parents start seeing what their kids are, are doing at home online, uh, it just exploded this thing. More than doubled. The uh, report says, 
The report explained further that the decline is projected to continue throughout the decade. Of course it is, and, and probably beyond. And and why? It's it's because these these leftist states, these leftist school districts, they're doubling down. I mean, you know, California refuses to uh, amend their policy uh, to, to, to keep things from parents. You know, California is of the opinion that the parent, of course, they call them caregivers. It's like a it's like a, a daycare center at the house. The caregivers are um, well, they, they they don't have a need to know. This is a need to know basis, and the caregivers don't have a need to know how the child feels about his or her gender. So we keep it from them because we respect the privacy rights of the minor child. Yeah, and so they double down. Uh, so you better believe this decline is going to continue throughout the decade. Uh, the article continues, Oregon, New Mexico, and West Virginia are among the states expected to see an enrollment decline at least another 10%. Well, uh, we're not surprised about Oregon. You know, we could have predicted that one. Uh, you know, and I've been telling, you know, our Oregon friends, for months, you know, people that live in Oregon, mm, I've been telling you, uh, you you need to you need to get out of public schools. It, you just need to get out because they're not doing you any favors in Oregon. They're destroying your kids in Oregon. You need to find yourself a uh, a classical Christian school or a homeschool co op group. And if you can't find one, then then by golly, you just start one. You can start a co op group. You can do it. You've got what it takes. There are like-minded parents that you know that are in your community, and you find them, and you form a co-op group. Go to your church and say to your church, hey, can we use your space here to have a co-op group? Contact Turning Point Academy. They will give you direction. They will give you insight on, on how to set this thing up. Uh, Turning Point Academy. We've had uh, Hutz Hertzberg on the show. He he is part of that you know group. He's the he's the leader of that group. Uh, you know what what they're doing over there at Turning Point Academy is is fantastic. Um, uh, you know, contact them. They will uh, they will reach out. They will help you, uh, especially if you live in Oregon. Uh, you, you know, you've got to make this thing happen. The article continues, it's happening all over. Democrats and the Democrat teachers unions are totally destroying education in Colorado. Oh, I could have I could have predicted that. We saw that coming. I mean, Colorado's been a mess for quite some time. And they're they're just doing what they do in California. They are doubling down on stupidity. You know, you've got California, you've got Oregon, and you've got Colorado, where they are literally doubling down on stupidity. And we're going to throw Illinois into that into that basket. Can we can we borrow the phrase from Hillary, the basket of, of, of deplorables? Can we? I mean, I'd be okay with that because this is deplorable. What they're doing is actually deplorable. Back to the article, Colorado public school enrollment is still declining, hitting decade-low numbers. Virginia school enrollment. Ah, now see, we could have uh, predicted Virginia. There's been issues in Virginia for quite some time. Virginia school enrollment 
projected to drop faster than expected with biggest declines in Northern Virginia. This is this is information coming from the Fairfax County Parents Association. More than one fourth of the decline will come from Fairfax County, which is currently losing population for the first time since the 1820s. Oh, are we surprised about that? No, we're not. We're not surprised about that. Why? Because people's eyes are opening. And, you know, people have decided uh, that, that that our kids are, are, are the most important thing to us. I mean, they're not making that decision. That's always, you know, been their decision. They've always understood that. But now they realize that the kids are under such an assault that they've got to, uh, they've got to stand up. In California, more than 1,400 schools have seen a 20% or more drop in enrollment. Factors include parents moving or uh, moving children to private or charter schools, along with demographic changes, including declining birth. The landscape of American education has completely changed and is probably never going back to what it was. Well, uh, okay, there you have it. The landscape of American education, it's changed. It's probably never going back. Well, when we don't want it to go back to what it's what it's been since the 1960s. We would love for it to go back to what it was before the 1960s. Uh, and it's it's probably not going to happen in the public schools, but alternatives are are on the rise. Alternative alternative education, my friends, is on the rise. And I've got so many more reports on that topic. Maybe we'll get to it this week, maybe tomorrow, but we're out of time today. Thank you for joining me. Encourage your friends and family to get on the Dean's List. Let's unite to renovate the age.